Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Will in studio today. Now, don't you forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Super Talk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And if you've got your computer or your mobile device, head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I'm not alone in the studio today because October is Disability Employment Awareness Month. And we know who does that the best here in Mississippi. That is Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. And joining us to tell us a little bit more is Chris Howard, the Executive Director. He is joined, too, by Ms. Dorothy Young. She's the Director of Vocational Rehabilitation for the Blind. And tomorrow is a big day for you guys. You just slipped in, so I'm going to let you grab your breath for just for just a second. And I'm going to turn to you, Chris. Okay, so October is a big month for you guys there at the Department of Rehab. What does it mean to you during this month? It is. It is. October is a big month. But I'll tell you, you know, at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services, every month is Disability Employment Awareness Month. But, um, you know, Congress passed this back in the 80s, I believe it was. They put Department of Labor over it. Um, so every October we have National Disability Employment Awareness Month. And I tell you, it's just a great opportunity to get out, talk with businesses, get on the media. And talk about all the great things individuals with disabilities can do and and uh, just how loyal they are to a corporation, you know, and about the, the, the programs we offer to, to help businesses and help individuals reach those great careers. I feel like, you know, we've been doing good things. We're into our sixth year now. And I feel like over the last, you know, half of a decade, we've heard the all the good things the department's done. And you feel like there is traction. Maybe it's just Chris because I see you every so often here. But you feel like businesses are changing the culture. They're opening their minds and doors to the opportunities for those living with disabilities to come in. And you just feel like you see more headlines about right. give those, giving those people those opportunities. I mean, is it, I mean, is it working? Is it, is it getting better? Yeah, I'll tell you, back when I started this agency in, in 2000, you know, basically what we did back then was we took an individual and, and based on their employment goal, we took them to a particular business to, to help them get a job. So we still do that. But what we're seeing now is really a lot of synergy among, you know, among big businesses. You know, we talk a lot about Sephora. You know, mm-hmm. Sephora up in North Mississippi, you know, they came out and said they won 30% of their workforce to be individuals with disabilities. And we're seeing that across the state. A lot of big businesses are coming and saying, hey, you know, we think this is fantastic. We think this is great for our employees. We think this is great for our culture. And it's it's really a great opportunity for the businesses. And, and we're seeing that really statewide in a, in a big scale. Especially now, even though it's not a good headline, that it's hard to find employment for a lot of different industries. I feel like this is a great opportunity mm-hmm. for those with disabilities and Department of Rehab to be like, hey, we've got a ton of people who are rubbing ready to go to work. It may take a little bit of training or fitting mm-hmm. into the right places, but we can get 
get you employees who want to be there, who show up on time, like you mentioned, who are loyal. And as an employer, I would think that, you know, that checks a lot of boxes. That's right. Because, you know, really it's a a win-win. So what our agency does is, you know, we really work with that individual on an individualized basis. So, you know, if they want to go into hospitality, if they want to go into transportation or whatever the case may be, you know, we're going to provide those services, individual services to help them reach that employment goals. So, you know, when you look at the employer side of it, you know, we're bringing to them someone who has the training um, to do those jobs. And, you know, something else we're really pushing across the state are internships. You know, that's something else we're really big into because a lot of times a business may, you know, maybe they've never worked with an individual with a disability. You know, maybe they're just not sure, you know, how that's going to work in their business. So, you know, we can come in and say, look, let's do an internship. Why don't you just see how this individual does? Watch them meet production. Watch them change your culture. See the loyalty and the excitement. You know, that's the thing. You know, as executive director, I'd hire every individual who has excitement. You know, you want people to come into work saying, I'm here. I'm ready. What can I do? And that's a lot of the people we serve. That's what they do every single day. And, Ms. Dorothy, you're the Director of Vocational Rehabilitation for the Blind, and they fall into those living with a disability. From your perspective, I mean, man, they can do a whole lot more than folks maybe sometimes give them credit for. You're exactly right. And just... Yeah, pull that. There you go. Okay. All right. Um, thank you. And just as our executive director mentioned, people with disabilities have abilities. And individuals that are blind and visually impaired, that's what the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation for the Blind specializes in. Both of you all mentioned training. That's what we do in the Office of Vocational Rehab for the Blind. We provide training for individuals to learn how to live independently and provide employment opportunities so they can live independently in communities of their choice. Um, There are leading causes of blindness, four leading causes that we work with on a daily basis at our Department of Rehab Service as cataracts, that is diabetic retinopathy, age-related macular degeneration, and glaucoma. That's basically what you will have with individuals that's living with vision impairments or blindness. And that's what we do every single day. We reach about 1,600 individuals in our great state in those particular categories of living with type of vision impairment. You bring up a good point, Dorothy. It's not not everyone's just born with a disability. Sometimes life just throws curveballs or through other sort of chronic diseases or just hap, you know happenstance. Happens. And that doesn't mean that just because you now have found yourself you know uh, with a disability or, or visual impairment doesn't mean you can't still you know right. perform tasks. As what work. we call it, as Chris call it, every day living their life that they want independently. Um, and that's what we do at our agency, Vocational Rehab for the Blind. We make sure that just because you have a eye impairment does not mean that you do not have the proper training and the services that's needed for you to live independently in the community of your choice. When, or I guess at what visual impairment, would someone be able to reach out to you? I know there's, le- I mean, you know, there's levels to it in terms mm-hmm. of going uh, eyesight getting worse. When would be the first step to like connecting with you guys? I tell folks all the time: once your ophthalmologist tells you that you have a vision impairment, whether it's cataracts or glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, any when you hear those names, contact our agency. Because what happens is if you wait, then that prolongs the services that we can provide for you and that training that you all talked about for you to continue to live independently. So especially, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was going to say, one of the things, you know, we have at, at the Department of Rehab Services are, are certified counselors. So, you know, when we talk about the blind program, you know, if you've got individuals who maybe start losing their sight at a later time, it's not just 
what am I going to do work-wise? It's, you know, oh, no. I've gone through 30 years of being able to see. Now I'm losing my vision. How am I going to take care of my kids? How am I going to get to the grocery store? How am I going to get to church? So, you know, by having counselors to do that counseling and guidance, not only are we helping that individual get ready for the work world, but we're also helping them learn to adjust life after, in this case, losing losing their vision. Well, and I think that's a, a message of empowerment, too. Like, okay, like if you get that sounds like a doomsday kind of diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. You No one wants to hear that they're going to lose something they had for 30 years, like their vision. But okay, like you can, yes, but we can go ahead and get started with, you know, the training or sort of setting ourselves up for success for as it progresses, we're already, you know, 10 steps ahead. And then it can feel less scary than trying to be in denial about the inevitable. Right. And and even if the inevitable never happens, at least you're, you know, that's, you, that's you, just good. You, that's you still better. have that support. Yeah. You still are connected with that support system. And good point that you mentioned later in life, a lot of folks start losing their vision later in life. That's what I call age-related macular degeneration. They lose it later in life, their vision later in life. And so give you a prime example of what you just mentioned, Mr. Howard. Someone goes, went to their doctor's office, and they got that news, just what you said, that you're going blind. And it was referred to the certified rehab counselor. She works in our Pearl office, and she went immediately to meet her. She called and said, I have so much hope mm-hmm. from just talking to your counselor that my life is not over. And I just want to, you know, the counselors that he mentioned are certified in rehab counseling. And that's what we do. We give you hope and options to say, hey, here's some more options for you and services that our agency can provide for you that can help you live independently. She didn't lose her sight that day, but that just news from that doctor saying, yeah, you're going to lose your sight. That's like pulling the rug out from under you. That's right. like hearing, you know, you have cancer. I mean, you just don't know you, the un, all the unknowns that are coming with it and to have just a little piece of hope that you can still be in control or you can prepare to me would be uh, everything you know um would be everything mm-hmm. now y'all got have a big day tomorrow you're celebrating your 50th anniversary celebration of the ad addy addy mcbride center uh for the blind there at the university so 50 years you've been there the whole time Miss dorothy you're looking good oh yeah i'll lean back on that one i'm picking on you miss dorothy no ma'am i have not been there the whole time but i've been with the agency for 22 years but the eddie mcbride center um was started by uh, a lady adeline wiseman who worked in our great state for many many years and that's a great point to pause we'll get more about addie mcbride and maybe miss dorothy won't beat me up during the break coming up up next year on Good Things.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. You can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. And, of course, you can find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. But you can find Mississippi Department of Rehab celebrating big tomorrow. It's the 50th anniversary celebration of the Addie McBride Center for the Blind at UMMC. And, Miss Dorothy, your team, y'all have just been at it for a while getting ready for this celebration. You were sharing with us, though, who... Addie McBride was before the break. So who is this young lady? She is Adeline Wiseman, and she started working with individuals in our great state that were blind and visually impaired, teaching personal adjustment training services. She made a huge impact on our state, and um, she always had the philosophy that training someone that was blind um, for work and independence was the key. And and so that's why this center was named after her. Uh, her heart and soul, she took half of her salary for when her salary was cut for being the director. She took half of her salary and said, hey, I still want this center to operate. And um, I do it for half the cost. And it took people like that to prove. And even Chris, mm-hmm. what the Department of Rehab says, hey, you know, just because you're blind doesn't mean you don't still have something to offer or provide the workforce or you can't still train or learn a different way of sort of getting about and doing it. You may have to do things differently, but you can still get the job done, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure that paved the way for countless lives to go in a different direction. Yes, and still. And, and that training is what is now known as personal adjustment training services and personal Personal adjustment training services is basically training someone to um, live independently for their personal needs. And those personal needs is like walking, what we call orientation and mobility training that's done at the center. Um, the kitchen technique, um, home management techniques, um, those types of training is what goes on on a day-to-day basis at the Eddie McBride Center. We do about 125 a year. Consumers, fellow Mississippians across our great state that come to that center is the only personal adjustment training center in the state for the blind and visually impaired. It just so happened to be a great place to be. We are located on the campus of the University of Mississippi Medical Center because we have a great partnership with the ophthalmology family Mm -hmm. there. Dr. Kimberly Crowder, who's over the ophthalmology center there, she's a great partner with us. And so referrals come in all day to our counselors to have that type of training at our Eddie McBride Center. Um, it's a dormitory there, so individuals can come and they can stay at that training center uh, for three to six months or longer. It just depends on um, what stage the person, when they lose their vision. Um, so if it's later in life, they may take longer for the training. Which, I mean, you can only imagine how scary that would be. And then to know that you can come to a safe space that's going to give you that training and then you can leave feeling like, okay, like I got mm-hmm. this. I got my feet back under right. me. I can sort of figure it out. So 50 is a big is a big number. What's the celebration going to look like tomorrow? Well, the celebration, and I want to um, thank our communication director, Ms. Jennifer Gray. She's been with us now for about four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's... Not 50 years. Not, not 50 years. <laughs> not, not at yet. all. <laughs> but she, her and her team, and I want to thank Chris Howard, our executive director, for wanting to make this a huge celebration because it's truly what he said. That's a huge milestone. So on tomorrow, Jennifer and her team, along with our executive director, has arranged a full day. Nine o'clock, we're going to do the White Cane Walk where we're going to recognize the White Cane because that's October is White Cane Awareness Month. And that's the cane 
tool that individuals use that are blind and visually impaired for their independence. We're going to do a 9 o'clock walk around the campus of UMMC. We have a band from uh, that Jennifer and her crew, Murrow High School, will be in attendance with us tomorrow in our parade for our walk. And then after that, we're going to do tours of the center. And these tours are going to be specifically to, for education, uh, for our volunteers, for folks that's coming to the celebration. Education to know where it started for us 50 years ago. You're going to see pictures, have a video that would display of the services back then as how we have transformed now uh, to providing those personal draining services. Individuals would go to each classroom and kind of experience. We're going to put on some sleep shades, and those sleep shades may have the vision impairment of macular degeneration. And they would do a little uh, training on how a person lives and what they see when they have macular degeneration, our cataracts, or diabetic retinopathy. So we're going to do some assimilated training there on tomorrow. And then we're going to have Senator Bryce Wiggins. He's going to represent our elected officials because our Mississippi legislators are the ones that recognize and established this center in 1970. So he's going to speak tomorrow, and he is going to, uh, after he speaks, then our executive will speak, and then we'll have some food. And we were also on this day have a memorial celebration, remembering Adeline Wiseman. We're going to remember some of our instructors that uh, have passed on. Uh, we just had an instructor. We lost Mr. Rashad Anderson. He was our orientation and mobility instructor. He played for Jackson State, the Panthers, and we lost him. And so we're going to um, pay our respects to him and some other ones that have paved the way, as you said, uh, in personal adjustment training for individuals that's blind and visually impaired. So it's going to be a big day. It feels like, Chris, anytime any of your staff from Department of Rehab come, man, they are so just vested in the mission that you guys are after. So, Ms. Dorothy, I know I picked on you about the 50 years, but you have been there for 22. What yes, keeps ma'am. you? I mean, that's a that's a long record for being at one place. What keeps you, what keeps you there? Um, I'm going to tell you first, it's my heart to help, to serve, and I want to just say helping people because that's not what we're doing. We're serving. We are servants. Um, And I tell people all the time, I like working with Chris Howard, right? He's my executive director, and he also has a heart to serve. So when you have a team um, and a leadership that feels the same way of serving others, it makes you um, um, feel good about coming to work, right? And then you have... Uh, the fellow Mississippians um, that's out there that depends on the services that we provide. And I do think that we are the best service um, in our state for any person with a disability. And I'm just proud to be a part of that, uh, being able to be passionate about serving that's truly in my heart. So it's just come a natural fit for me. You know, it comes back to, Chris, the fact that, you know, October is Disability Employment Awareness Month. And if an employer is listening, when you hear when you can hear the passion from those that are trying to help the employees that you're encouraging them to give a try, right? Like you go, okay, like maybe, you know, they're really, you know, they mean it. They, you know, they believe in what they are trying to do for these individuals. Maybe I should give them an opportunity. Yeah, because, I mean, when you look at our agency, I mean, what other organization, what other agency truly has the opportunity to change someone's life every day? You know, when I, when I talk to our staff, I say, even on your worst day, you know, you go at the end of the month, you go fill up your tank and it's $85. And you're like, oh, I thought I was going to make it to the end of the month. You know, and by then you're ready to spit nails. You know, on your worst day, you could actually change someone's life. 
you know, to the services that we provide and the opportunities that that we can help individuals with to to reach their their full potential in in gaining you know that employment is is really an awesome awesome thing. Every time you're here, Chris, you always talk about disability being a big umbrella term for the people that you guys can help. We had a text that asked uh, he has a sister who is 100 percent deaf. Do y'all have services for her? Her and a lot of other people. Yes, we also have a deaf services program. You know, Dorothy's been talking about the blind program, but we also have a deaf services program to to help individuals across the state who are are, blind, or are deaf or um, hearing impaired. Um, but really, when you look at our program, the way it's defined is it's any impairment or any disability that's an impairment to employment. You know, we talk about, you know, anxiety is actually an impairment. If someone has such severe anxiety, it's affecting them being able to maintain a job or, or you know, obtain a job. We can actually provide services to, to help individuals, you know, get those jobs if they have an impairment that, that's, you know, keeping them from, from reaching that great job. And I learned something uh, from one of your clients, I think, Miss Dorothy, a long time ago, talking about, you said the white cane. It's not mm-hmm. a stick. It's and not. it's not. <laughs> I was like, yes, ma'am, it is a cane. And But I think that's something we all can also be educated in. And then the difference between the canes for those that are visually impaired and those that are hearing impaired. And I know that the visually impaired is white because you just told us that. Right. But the hearing impaired is what color? Is it red? No, the hearing impaired. <laughs> no, what, what color is it? The hearing impaired does not have a cane. It does have a cane. They just they did not have it's a cane. cane. Okay, no, because you know the uh, the hearing impaired the the white cane is for someone who is who's blind. Who's blind? Visually, yes, that's so. That's their tool. So if someone that that's their tool. So if someone that is hearing impaired, um, more likely um, they will have hearing aids. Gotcha. So that would be their tool um, um, to help them with their functional limitations. I remember there was another color, but I'll have to think about it. But now that makes perfect sense. But mm-hmm. I do know it's a cane. It's not a stick. Mm-hmm. This and cane. that it will be white. Yes, and the, ma'am. The, and and yeah. the cane used to be, um, years ago, it was black. And and so Maybe it was not, it. yeah, and it was not recognizable. So they changed the cane to be white. So now if you see it, then you can, yes, you can it's more also recogni- know. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, it's more recognizable being white. And the cane is long. It's a long white cane. If we want more information on all the great work that you guys do, where do we go? mdrs.ms.gov, 1-800-443-1000. Our contact, our new communications director, Miss Jennifer Gray. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And good luck good tomorrow for 50th anniversary. Can you all come back for the 100th, both of you and me? <laughs> well, uh, Dorothy's a lot younger than I am. Hey, can we shoot for 75 first? <laughs> Not even 75. <laughs> Stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. All right. I swear there was a red cape. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
things on your computer or your mobile device, just head on over to supertalktv.com. And you don't have to be an Ole Miss fan to enjoy this next story. Joining us today is Michelle. She is a nurse with Sanctuary Hospice. She helped one of her patients, Tim, see a game for the first time. So welcome, Michelle. Hello, how are you, Rebecca? So this story is wonderful for all the right reasons. I just love it. And now I think we're all fans of Tim's and his ability to see an Ole Miss game, thanks to you and so many others. But first, how did you and Tim, you know, come in contact? I know you're his nurse, but share with us how you guys met. Well, actually, he was my first patient to admit as I started work with Sanctuary. Um, my DON and I went out to admit him to our services, and he was kind of like, I don't think I really need this. Uh, as many people do, he had the wrong concept of hospice care. He thought it was something that was just for actually imminent dying people and one of those things that where hospice comes out and we kind of kick you on into the grave instead of helping you with your quality of life and maybe even helping you to get better uh, and so as I went out there, he lives out in a country, a very rural area, but Tim and I got to talking. I just kind of went over and bent down to his bedside and started talking to him, find out some of his interests, and kind of let him know that actually some of my relatives lives out in that area where he lives to connect with him and find a common ground to bond. And so I said, hey, do you know these people? And he's like, yes, I do. And so... From that, I said, those are my cousins. And he kind of looked at me. He said, really? And I said, yes. So you have to establish that trust. And so we went from there, and um, he started asking for some things. Um, Tim is in a wheelchair. He's got a feeding tube is along, along with some other things, some other tubes. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, he was asking, could he eat? Could he do this? And I said, well, in hospice, yes. We can do some things that a hospital or long-term care won't allow you to do. So that's kind of where we started was talking about the things that hospice will allow you to do instead of limit you from doing. Which really opened him up and I'm sure gave him a little bit more joy in his life. I mean, if you've only had a feeding tube or maybe certain restrictions and you get to enjoy some of those favorites again, your whole mood sort of perks up. So how did you guys start talking about Ole Miss or sort of football? Where did that, where did, when did Tim let you in on his um his relationship with the rebels <laughs> well that was that was a no-brainer he's always got his old miss rebel blanket on and his old miss rebel t-shirt on he's got a little mickey mouse bear in the windowsill with old miss rebels on it so um that was right there obvious and my son graduated from old miss school of engineering so Again, we had another common ground that we could build that trusting relationship. And so I, I asked him, I said, well, I see you like the Rebels. And I told him I, too, was a Rebel fan. And so if I have my Rebel socks on or my Rebel earrings, we always laugh and share that. And so that was another thing we had to kind of take the focus off of his illness and share something that we could enjoy talking about. And uh, so that's how it always comes up as a topic of conversation and as you know, college football season started to come up. I would ask, are you going to watch the ball game this weekend? You're going to, you know, what's going on? Who you think is going to win? And he would always say, Rebels are. And so I asked him, I said, you know, would you like to go to a game? Because as he started to have his pleasure feedings, is what we refer to eating when you're kind of not supposed to, but we've been the rules a little bit. Um, he said, oh, yeah. 
Well, I had no idea Tim had never been to a college game at all until we got there Saturday. And his wife leaned over and said, he's never been to a game at all, which just made it even more fantastic. Well, I love this part of the story where it took a lot of people to come together to get Tim to his first Ole Miss football game. First off, Michelle, you just had the heart to notice an opportunity to do something kind and go above and beyond your own sort of duties or definition as a nurse to see this fulfilled for him. So, I mean, that's the first angel in the line of, of, of things that got him to the game. So what happened next? Well, I don't I don't take that credit at all. It was um, definitely couldn't have been done like it was done without you guys. Um, Super Talk Mississippi is, is definitely where it happened. And I just came in and talked to our marketing liaison and said, hey, I've got this patient that wants to go to a ball game. That's kind of one of his great wishes and I said you know if I if I was willing me and my husband was willing to take him and get the transportation and take our time and just take him over there could we do that and she said I don't see why not so and I'd ask his wife of course you know we kind of would go around the corner and talk about his care and he'd say hey I hear y'all whispering in there about me (laughs) and he didn't know it was great things but as I talked to Heather um, she said, yeah, let me talk to some of my connections. And she mentioned you guys said, you know, Super Talk Mississippi is wonderful about helping me out with things. So you guys, it never would have been possible. The seats were amazing. Um, the concession stand was right there. The people at Ole Miss were out of this world, you know, as we kind of were searching for our correct parking area and you guys gave us um the ride to the stadium you know we pulled in and the people don't miss were like oh don't worry about that just pull right up to the gate and let him out so we didn't have to even worry about catching a golf cart to get there they were just over the top the concession stand was just so close the seats were folding chairs you know on a platform i mean it just could not have been better you had and that's what he and his wife both said that it was just a bird's eye view well it's Um, the simple things too michelle because you mentioned his pleasure feedings and we all go to ball games or some of us get to go right and part of that full experience is not only getting to see your rebels win or your team win but everything that goes with it. And Tim hadn't had the opportunity to maybe enjoy the finer things of a you know a football experience. So what did he get from the concession stand? What did he get to enjoy? Well, he got to enjoy nachos. He ate almost a full tray of nachos. And, um, he, you know, everybody's having a Coke and whatever. And he looked at his wife and he said, I got to have some of those nachos. So she said, what do you think? I said, I think let's let him have some. So he got um, some nachos, and his wife said he had not had any potato chips at all of any kind since he had gotten home from the hospital. Um, But now I do say that. I don't say, you know, we just let him chow down on nachos. He has been eating. We started him with applesauce, yogurt. Um, He's been eating spaghetti chopped up. So we did slowly graduate him. We have been very logical and used a lot of good common sense with this and built his strength. But he did super with it, enjoyed them so much, um, and we have definitely enjoyed um, talked to Tim and explained to him the risk involved and why he's had to be slowly graduated and why his speech pathologist has been very careful with that and why they told him no at first and the risk that was involved. But Tim has had a long story, and and it was definitely – 
you know, erring on the side of caution when the speech pathologist told him no, he did not need to eat. So right. we do understand that, but. It but that is a beauty of, of when you make it or when you make that uh, transition or make that dis- you and your loved ones make the decision for hospice, you get to hopefully Absolutely. enjoy the last uh, whatever, whatever you have left with us on, you know, um, here on Earth. And I think that's a yeah. good, a good too to remind us the myths around hospice as well as it's never too late to make a lasting impact in someone's life, even if they are, you know, what the world would say on the way out. Right. So what did it That's mean right. to That's Tim right. and his family for you guys, you, Super Talk, Old Miss, Sanctuary Hospice? It took a village uh, to make this an opportunity for Tim, and it was worth it, right? Even, even you know, the smallest oh, thing was worth it. Absolutely. His wife texted me yesterday and said, I can never thank you enough for what you took your time to do. And, you know, that was it was absolutely my blessing and the joy to me to be able to do that for them. She looked at us thanking me. I said, no, thank you for allowing me to do this for you. Um, And that's the beauty I love of working at Sanctuary. We never turn anyone down based on payer source. You know, we we take anyone. Um, And a lot of providers, I understand money makes the world go round, but you know, that's the thing with other providers, and I'm not knocking any of them. I'm not saying a thing is wrong with any of those, but sometimes they aren't able to take people based on if they don't have insurance or this. We take anyone. That's our blessing is that we get to provide that loving care. We don't have to look at that. At the same time, it takes $1.5 million every year. So, you know, we do appreciate those people that commit to us and donate to us. If you can give $5 every month or whatever, it's wonderful because that's what enables us to do this for people and bless people's lives. Um, we're about to have Sanctuary uh, 20th Celebration Village, you know, coming out this weekend. And so I think Super Talk's going to be there, that. Michelle, so you'll have to get out and meet yes. Gerard. I hate I won't be there to give you a hug, but I'm giving you virtual yes. hugs. This is the best story, you know, of the weekend, in my opinion, even though there was some good football that went on. The Rebels won for Tim, so I know he appreciates that. Yes, they did. They beat Auburn, and he loved it. And, you know, I would do this every weekend. Everybody thinks it's something spectacular that I did. I didn't do anything. The blessing was mine to just get to go make this man's dream come true and see his wife's face light up well, we see ap- him so happy. We appreciate you, Miss Michelle, but you guys stick with us. we got a few more good things for you coming up next. Upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. watch good things we're on your computer or your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com and as we were saying with miss michelle middays with jar gibbert will be live at tupelo furniture market on wednesday they're kicking off the 20th anniversary of celebration village celebration village is a huge event with christmas and home decor food vendors pottery jewelry and every gift you can imagine all under one roof and celebration village benefits sanctuary hospice sanctuary hospice who cares for everyone who can be admitted regardless of the ability to pay and if you miss 
miss that story about Tim being able to go and uh, see his first Ole Miss football game, then you can catch it on demand on YouTube after Good Things, or you can go to the Good Things Facebook group on Facebook, and you can find the story there as well. But the Gala Show will also be broadcasting live at the Community Com. Com University, I want to say community, Com. does that trip you up too, Will? Com University yes. at East Mississippi Community College in Columbus coming up on Thursday. And they'll be uh, talking about the upcoming Career Expo and the opportunities that our great community college offer all of Mississippi. And when you think about opportunities and all the conversations we've had today here on Good Things, Andy and Jackson who may get the best uh, memory of a Good Things listener, reminded us that we use, we had here on Good Things the former director for Mississippi Industries for the Blind. He lost his uh, vision later in life here on Good Things. I looked it up, Andy. He was here December 3rd, 2018. So you get the best memory award. But the cool thing about Mississippi Industries for the Blind is they make a lot of products for our military. In fact, and not just our military here in Mississippi, if my memory, if my memory serves me correct, and a quick Google search. The Navy bags, the drawstring bags, when you get when you go into for boot camp that you get issued, every one of those or the majority of those or a lot of those, let me say, I, mean, I don't know if every is, is a great a great term to use, absolutes, but most of those are made right here in Mississippi, and they've had that contract forever, as well as other sort of military products and uh, utilities. So I think that's that's really cool, and it reminds us that there's a lot of abilities that people who are differently abled um, can do and that they can still enjoy. But while we were talking about football, if you've headed over to the Good Things Facebook group, Southern Miss gets a little love uh, from a 17-year-old anyway. She's making the rounds because she has painted a new piece of art for the Hub City. It's really cool if you go and see it. It's with the Hattiesburg Alliance for Public Art. They revealed a new mural titled Soar and Score. What a great name. They're on the Eagle Walk and it was done by a 17-year-old. She completed the mural space and she is now the youngest artist to complete a large-scale mural in the city of Hattiesburg. And thinking about murals and good things, it goes back to there in Oxford, the big mural that's painted right off the square of the Indian and the wolf and the whole thing. And we got to speak with her and the great work um, that's being done in cities. I love those murals. We even got a new one in Brandon. I think, yeah, you just take a wall that everyone walks past, put some really cool art up there and make it, you know, a good selfie spot or whatever it may be. And yeah, it's a good thing. I think it's cool, too, when you reach out and you find those different artists within your community that have those gifts and talents to um, yeah, to offer that something different to your city. But speaking of football, it's hard not to talk about what a weekend it was, right? What, what your husband is uh, still smiling. Oh, yeah, absolutely, which is funny because I was sharing this. If you've listened to Good Things long enough, you know my husband's a, a diehard Balls fan. And I had I got tickled because our wedding anniversary is October the 13th. So we would have if, – if this would have been the year – we, this would have been our wedding weekend. And he said, oh, gosh, no. He said, I would have never married you on the third weekend of October. I said, well, what That's do you what mean? That's what you want to hear from your husband. Oh, yeah, I'd never marry you. No, no, no. <laughs> and he said, no true Vols fan would ever but their wedding on the third weekend of October. And I was like, why? He was like, that's Alabama weekend every weekend. He said, we came home from our honeymoon and the balls played at Alabama <laughs> 15 years ago. So, uh, which would have been the first of the streak in which they, um, 
hadn't won again. So I guess 2006. Yeah. yeah. So we got married October 13th of 2007. So that started. So they have not won since we've been married against Alabama. Yeah. And so when you start thinking about it, like in those kind of terms <laughs> for for those uh, for those individual fans and all, it's. If you, I think everybody who watched the game enjoyed the game. And no you don't no even fall have, weddings, though, people. Come on now. Right. And, well, and, and our youngest had her first little birthday party she was invited to, who my husband went to school with the, with the dad. It doesn't matter. And he begged to get out of going because it was t- two to four. And I said, you get out of this one. I said, yeah. you know, I'll we'll let your daughter know you wouldn't go fishing with her because there was a fall game. <laughs> A boss game. <laughs> a bunch of people you've never met are on TV right now. And it's more important than your own flesh and blood. Oh, but so sorry for state fans. I hear y'all get them next weekend. Yeah. I don't know. If you want to talk football, though, you got more of that coming up next with the boys from 3 to 6 with Sports Talk Mississippi. But we'll be back with you tomorrow at 2. Until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. No, no, no. Mississippi Media Production.